0: Hallelujah. Can I preach to you this morning? Uh, man, you look good I, I can't tell you how how much I've wanted to preach to uh, somebody sitting in a chair uh It's hard to preach to that green thing it's just been it's been hard. They never amen they never did nothing. Uh, Bruce is really good, but after a while, Bruce is just so i uh, i i I have a word from you, and my disclaimer is as I prepared this word. Uh, several days, if not a week or so ago, so don't think I'm responding to anything. Spirit of God gave me this word; it was well in advance. Um, so, uh, I, 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 when I began to realize the thing things a few days ago, I went, "Oh my, oh my!" So, Acts chapter 11, verse one. Um, Acts 11, verse one. And the apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, say circumcised, how many adults are in the room? Two. How many adults are in the room? Okay. So I don't have to explain. Okay. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him. And said, when you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. And Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying in a trance and I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to where I was. Say it came down to where I was. Man, I could preach without getting started. It came to me. Everybody trying to get heaven to go to heaven, and he said, Heaven came to me. Hmm. I looked into it. I looked into it. Some of you need to look into it. Not walk by it. And saw four footed animals on the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, birds of the air. And then I heard a voice telling me, Get up. Mm. Just say it out loud. Get 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 up. Kill and eat. What's he saying? Why go hungry? I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure has ever entered my mouth. I can hear people saying to me, I never smoked. I never did that. Peter's going, I never did that. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. is a great story. I love this story it really is a story about how Peter goes home to the circumcised Jewish believers he goes home to them and and when he gets home they're ticked and they demand an explanation of why he hung out with uncircumcised people let's slow down before I get too far where exactly was he he was in Joppa say Joppa Joppa, 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 Joppa. I've been in Joppa. It's a Mediterranean city that looks out as the sun sets across the Mediterranean. It's extremely beautiful and peaceful. It's the city where when they cut down the trees from Lebanon, they floated those trees down and around and into this city called Joppa because it was a port city. And they picked those trees up and they took them to Jerusalem. It was a city of support. It's a great city, beautiful city and he's on the roof and he's looking out watching that sunset. Only one other guy in the Bible is noted for having been in Joppa. Anybody else wants to know who was there before Peter? There's a little run of a man named Jonah. Jonah went to Joppa to run from God. Jonah went to Joppa to not do what God told him to do. He wasn't going to go preach grace to Nineveh. He was going to run from preaching grace to Nineveh. Peter goes there. See, everybody has a Joppa moment in their life. Everybody has a moment in their life where they're going to go ahead and preach the forgiveness of God or they're going to run from the forgiveness of God. It's Joppa. Why was he in Joppa? It's interesting why he was in Joppa. He was out traveling the countryside. Chapter 10 says, just traveling around, going into all the world, preaching the gospel, healing the sick. He goes down to this little place called Lydda, and there's a dude there that's been paralyzed for eight years, and he raises him up, and he walks again, just doing little miracles. And there, there was a lady by the name of Dorcas or Tabitha, whichever language you speak, and she had been a church lady. She was a seamstress in the lady. She fixed the communions. She, she just was, and she's a good lady, the Bible says, and got word that she had died. And so they called Peter, and Peter went to Tabitha's house, and he walked in Tabitha's room, and he made everybody else get out of the room. You remember anybody else having made everybody else get out of the room? And when he made everybody else get out of the room, he went over to Tabitha he said, Get up! You know anybody else that ever looked at a lady laying in a room and said, See, Peter was just doing what he saw the master do. Peter was just walking around the countryside, raising the dead and healing the lame. He was just doing what God told him could be done. Just go out into your county and just raise the dead and heal the sick and call those things. He was doing the miracles that Jesus had told him. To do down there in Joppa, and a a centurion, a, a Roman soldier, begin to hear about it, and, and this Roman soldier was praying and crying out to God. And so here's Peter, and he's tired. I mean, if you'd been raising the dead and healing the paralytic, you might be tired too. And he goes up on top of the house and looks at the sun setting, and he's hungry and his blood sugar is falling, and he's got a little bit of this heat thing going on. Have you ever been hungry, and your blood sugar drop, and you begin to kind of hallucinate, and you begin to kind of feel queasy, and you have an out-of-body experience? You kind of go into a trance, the Bible says, but hang on. This low-sugar, trance-like state is going to change the course of fate. This spiritual experience is going to challenge the tradition of the Jews. It's going to challenge the tradition of the religious people of the moment. Because anytime God invites himself into your world, he might challenge your thoughts. And he goes into a trance, and he has a weird vision of pigs in a blanket. Of tacos coming from heaven. Oh, you're not getting it. Of bacon wrapped. I mean he's having, he's hungry and he's hot and he's tired and he's in a beautiful place and and he, and he, he slips out of the rational mind that he's always in and he sees this stuff. And God speaks to him and says eat. And He goes no. And three times he said, He quit calling things impure that I've already blessed. And he said about that time there was a knock at the door and Cornelius had heard that he was there and was asking him to come and tell him about this Jesus. And the Bible says that Peter said, I did not hesitate. I'd tell you to look at somebody, but you have to put a mask on before you talk to him. Do not hesitate. I mean, once God gives you a word in a sugar-dropping, trans-like, hungry condition, a spiritual experience where the Pentecostals fell on the floor and you made fun of them. When they got up, they said, we ain't hesitating to be moved by the Holy Spirit. And then they get there and he comes to the doorway and he goes, listen, I'm a circumcised man. You're an uncircumcised man. I'm this kind of man, and you're that kind of man. And it's illegal for me to associate with this kind of the man. Nevertheless, because I saw God, I'll go into your house. Do you understand what I'm preaching? And he went into the house, and then he says something like this. He said, I have discerned that God shows no partiality. He shows no favoritism. He has no... You fill in the blank. You use the word you want to use. They said, I've discerned that God sent Jesus of Nazareth into this world. And he went around doing good and healing. Wow. And then he begins to tell the story to Cornelius and his house. And he said, we were witnesses of everything that Jesus did in the country of the Jerusalem and the Jews, how they killed him by hanging him on a cross, comma, a lot of people stop at the comma, but verse 40 says, but God, say, but God, God. say it again, but God raised him from the dead. Oh yeah, we have been out of the church, but God. We have had COVID, but God. We have had protests, but God. He was dead, but now he is alive. The story is not about the cross. The story is about the resurrection of the man that was on the cross. And the Bible says that when those in the room Heard the message that the Holy Spirit fell on them. And they begin to speak. And if you're non-Pentecostal, that's sorry, get back. But if you're Pentecostal, you're going to understand what I'm about to say. When the Holy Spirit came, they began to say something. You didn't know what they were saying, but they were saying something. Something came out of their mouth. Their tone changed. Their tenor changed. It sounded differently. And Peter went, Wow! If they got the Holy Ghost the way we got the Holy Ghost, then we get to baptize them the way we got baptized. Because if God's going to come into their house, I guess he's in our house. Are you getting anything here? I'm going to preach a series of sermons this summer called Ghost Stories. You'll get it in a minute. Ghost Stories. And we heard them speaking in tongues, praising God, heard them. I heard them. I'd say I heard them. I had a trance. I saw this, and then I heard that. Say it out loud. I saw it in a vision, but I heard it in person. I saw it in a sugar crashing moment. I saw it there, but I heard it Am I making any sense to anybody in this room? See, if you don't see it in the spirit, you're never going to hear it in the flesh. You got... And he, 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 he gets back to Jerusalem. He goes home. And when he gets home, they're ticked. They're irritated with him. They're, they're upset. The among those circumcised believers, they're, they're they're ticked. I understand it. When you've been living this way for so long and God comes and starts doing it another way, it is. I mean, it was okay. We were, you know, just a few short weeks ago where our faith was in bulls and goats. Just a few short weeks ago, our faith was in the fact that if we obeyed the law, then we were God's chosen. And so we had faith in our performance. But then when Jesus died, we begin to understand that God's favor is not based on the works of our performance, but it's based upon the grace that God gives and not on the work that I do. But now I've been living like this for thousands of years. And my, my tribe, my, my, the Jew, we've been performing and, performing and performing and performing and performing and performing. And we're still trying to get used to this. He did it. We're still trying to get over our fundamentalism. And the only thing we've held on to is that we circumcised. We've accepted Jesus, but we took a knife. We believe God, but we're also going to keep the law by taking a knife. So we better than other people because we not only receive the grace, but we. And here comes Peter home chewing on a pig in a blanket. Am I, am I, am I, are you getting any of this? Or have you been away from my smart aleckness so long that you just don't know how to take the smart aleck nature of a preacher that doesn't care? Good, good. Come on. Are you in the room? And he gets home and you know, listen, if you, if you were a good Jewish boy, you understood Leviticus. I hate Leviticus. I, I it is not my nighttime read. I hate, have you ever read Leviticus. Four of you lying to me you have not (laughs) no one reads Leviticus I mean but (laughs) that's going to get me an email Uh, verse chapter 26 verse 3 said if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands I will look upon you with favor and make you fruitful if you do this I'll that's verse 10 you will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. They were told that if they do this, their harvest would be so big that they would have to move out the old harvest to bring in the new harvest. <laughs> And they had lived for thousands of years believing if they kept performing, they would get the new harvest. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes and says, guess what? Out with the old, in with the new, not because of what you do, but because of what I've done. Are you listening to me? And the year of the Lord's favor is now here, all based on grace. It would take Paul 50 years to write this theologically. Peter just has a trance on a rooftop and goes... Paul will come along 50 years later and write Ephesians and say, by grace, you're saved. And that's not of yourself. It's a gift from God. Your faith isn't what saves you. It's your faith in the grace. It's not about the amount of faith you have. It's about the grace that he has for you. A little bit of faith will tap into the grace of God. Oh, well. Okay. I got that. Hmm. But they heard a rumor. They came home and said, We've heard. I mean, before Rebecca, before he can get back home, they've had a tweet. Before they can, he can get home to explain to him what's going on. Someone Facebooked ahead. Someone texted up and they, they, they had, they got, they got a headline. We've heard. Can I tell you all something with the last 12 weeks? I'm tired of hearing what you heard. You've been living your life off tweets, Facebook, and text messages. You, you need to hear me. A tweet is not the story. You're living your life off a, I heard. Well, I saw it on Google. Well, baby doll, I've been in the book. I realized COVID was scary. I realize that the protests are scary, but you need to quit telling everybody what you think you heard Uh uh because they call rumors. They're rumors. Did you ever play that game? I played that game and you picked up telephone game and the other 12 year old told the other 12 year old and the other 12 year old told the other 12 year old and it went around the room by the time it got back here, it wasn't even what's told. That's what the church has been doing. That's exactly what the believers have been doing. You've been listening to that and listening to that. And nah, nah. Since when does Facebook become your platform to express your opinions? Tell us, Pastor. I love you, but duh. Come on. They had a rumor. They had a, they had a rumor and rumors always create criticism. Rumors always begin to create this criticism because these stories shape our lives and we respond to these stories and there's always a hole in the midst there's always these missing pieces you know that's the whole story no your whole story has a hole in the middle of that whole story but we heard we heard I love what Peter's going to say he said I don't care what you heard he said I know what I saw And I know what I heard. And so Peter's about to confront the rumors with a truth. Hmm. Notice how quiet this spirit-filled church gets. Just notice how quiet we get. So here's a couple of thoughts. Maybe more than a couple, but a couple. Did you know secondhand smoke will kill you? And secondhand stories will kill you too. You want to be careful about secondhand smoke and you want to be careful about secondhand stories. Because see, if you let your opinion be determined by other people's opinion, you might miss what is really going on. Peter said, I was in the city of Joppa. I was praying and I saw. Peter's telling the story. As in prayer. You, you, don't, you don't need to hear this secondhand. Let me tell you something. I have experienced the God of Christ by the first hand. I once was lost, but now I'm saved. Don't start talking to me about how God is judging or condemning the world. Because baby doll, he came and forgave me, honey. He filled me with the Holy Spirit. I'm living in the grace and the mercy of God. I don't care what you've heard about God. I've experienced God in an Isuzu pickup. I've experienced God in the Vatican. I've felt the presence of God in the midst of the COVID. God is real and he'll touch your lives if you'll stop listening to the rumors of half-truths and missing parts. Hear me. God is alive and well today. Don't listen to second stories. Listen to the first one. He was on a cross. Now he's not. He's in heaven and he's in your heart. You can experience the reality of God today or you can listen to second-hand rumors. Hmm. Selective stories, secondhand rumors and selective stories. Listen, my life's not a DVR. I don't get to go. Nope. 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 Oh, I like that story. That's not life. I didn't get to choose to live in 2020. I didn't get to choose to live through COVID. I don't get to choose to live in the racial issues of this moment. It's for a man. I don't get to choose the circumstances of my life, but I can choose how I tell the story. Well, you didn't hear me. I drove up on somebody the other day and they had a flat tire. Look at this. Look, now it's this. I got a flat tire. Here's your... I stood there and said, Thank God you had a flat tire and missed the accident down there at that corner. See, you can't choose the circumstances of your lives. You do get to choose how you interpret the story in which you're living. Selective stories. We we always want to select the story. Listen, we're living in the midst of tradition and truth, and there's a tension. Anytime you begin to live in trouble, there's a tension. There's tension in our lives today, my friends. I understand this tension. When is the normal going to return? It will be so great. The new normal will be so wonderful that you will have to move out last year's harvest to make room for the new that God is going to do. Some of you need to challenge some of the places that you have traditionally stood and what you've become comfortable with because God's trying to do a new thing in a new time, in a new way, and it's going to be better than that and gooder than that. You need to quit. Man, I thought he was going to make us feel good. I'm trying. Sorry, Pastor. Come on. It's interesting to me how. People walk out of the movie before it's over. It's interesting to me how sometimes our self-centered stories can choose. Have you ever watched one of those TV shows that we don't ever know how it's going to end? There's multiple endings that can happen and you can now email in and you can add to it. And there's like five or six different endings. Have you ever watched that? Me either. I hate the idea. But it is also interesting to me, depending on how you see yourself and how you see God, and if you're self-centered enough to think that this story is about you, you always choose an ending like a horror movie. Listen, this has been a bad time. Unprecedented, tough on people. But it does not have a horrible ending. Listen, the end of our lives, we're going to be sitting around a table with the master... And with each other. If it's horrible, it ain't over. If it's bad, we ain't done. Because in the end, if you haven't read it, get out of Leviticus and go read it. Come on. I got it all saved up. See, don't let fear determine the end of the story. Don't let fear, don't let your self-centeredness select a story that's based on secondhand news and paralyze you. Don't do that. Don't 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 opt for short stories. Everybody wants a short story. I I've been I was in trouble first service. I'm gonna be in more trouble this service. <laughs> short stories. Men, you and I like it in twenty-five words or less. I don't remember the 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 specifics of it, but we get about ten thousand words a day, right? And our wives get something like two million, (laughs) right? And it's true. Everybody thinks I'm the long-winded one, (laughs) and I go home, and Annie says, "I need to tell you something," and she starts, and I'm going. (laughs) and and yet she's the one that'll look at people and they'll start telling her story and she'll go oh this sounds like such a good story she'll say don't leave out one detail (laughs) folks God is long suffering this is a long long story and I'm not sure we're the end of the story I know some of you want it to be, but I'm not sure. And I have patience for God to play out his story in my life on, with yeah. every detail that there is. And I've got to thank God for every day and for every detail and every piece and listen to the whole story. Quit opting for short stories. You hear me, there's a few things going on in our nation today, a virus and some recognition of some racism, it's not going to be over tomorrow. It's not going to be over tomorrow. I wish I could tell you that we weren't ever going to have to pay attention to the virus again. We might have to. That doesn't mean I'm afraid. Come on. That doesn't mean I have fear. That just means I may have to not jump off the pinnacle or go chase the snakes in the forest. So all of you that have great faith, don't jump. And all of you that have great faith, don't go looking for a rattler in your backyard. Mm. Now, God will protect you if you fall, and he'll protect you if you get bit. But don't be silly enough to go out and tempt it. To get the whole story and not, am I making sense? God's not really into short stories. He he really, he's really into long, long stories. He says, look, my friends, I had, a, I had a vision, I had a vision, and I looked into it, I looked a little more. Can I suggest to you that we need to look a little further than maybe we've ever looked before, that something is coming from heaven that's never been seen before. I don't understand it yet either. It looks like a pig in a blanket to me too. I don't get it. I'm not trying to interpret it. I just know God's, God's bringing something to us. We might have to look at it a little more. And we might have to quit calling things the way we think they are. God may be calling it different than we've ever seen it before. We may be the generation of people that God changes a lot of things for the better. Well, what if that's this moment? What if in feeling like, oh my God, what if we think, oh my God? What if? What if we brace this moment? What if we understood that we don't want to listen to secondhand stories? We don't want to be selective in our stories. We, we don't want to be self-centered in our stories. And we don't really need short stories. What we need today, when someone says, well, I heard, we need to be the voice like peter that says well you may have heard that but i heard the power of the holy spirit come out of the mouths of people i heard the spirit of god begin to flow out of the hearts and mouths of people you know what i think this is i think this is the greatest time of a spirit filled manifestation that i've ever had the privilege and honor to I believe you need to hear me. God is trying to baptize everybody in the world with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to get us to move beyond our traditions and move beyond our places where we have sat comfortably knowing that Jesus is Lord. He's trying to get us to allow the Holy Spirit to set inside of us and have a voice that's never been heard before. That's a Spirit-filled story. That's not a rational, second-hand, selective, self-centered short story. That's the story of the sound of God breathing into a mud pie back here on the sixth day. That's the sound of God breathing into a 62-year-old man in Hutchinson, Kansas in 2020. That's the sound of God breathing into your trial and your tribulation and your pain and your issue right now. God's wanting to blow into our lives in a new way we don't want to respond to the rumors we've heard we want to hear the voice of the spirit no longer can you hesitate to see what I show you or to say what I've told you No longer can you build up walls to defend yourself from being filled with me. For today you need me in you. For I tell you what you have thought was abnormal is about to become the normal because I'm not going to ask your permission to move into your life. I'm going to have others speak my word and my spirit will fall upon you. You're about to lose control. <clears throat> <clears throat> for what you see in the world as the world has lost control of itself, I am about to take control of my world. It's unsettling, isn't it? To lose control? It's unsettling for to move beyond your rational reasoning. It's unsettling hallelujah well that's what he told me to tell you father I prayed this morning that before they get to the parking lot before they get in their car that father when they step out on the driveway at home when they walk in their house when they sit down at McDonald's I pray that the Holy Ghost would absolutely overtake them I am asking you, Father, to fill everyone in this room with the power of the Holy Ghost. I am praying that the subtleties of the pulpits would be destroyed for the supernatural power of the Spirit filling of God to take over this country. I'm challenging you as Pentecostals. I'm challenging you went silent you went silent I'm challenging you come out of hiding come out of hiding I'm challenging you don't settle for knowing Jesus and going to heaven don't do that our country right now needs spirit filled people to walk in its midst right now I promised Heather I'd be done sooner. If you didn't grab those little plastic things out there, we'll be glad to bring you one of those little plastic things. Next couple of weeks, we'll return to what we generally do. But for the next couple of weeks, we'll use these little plastic things, right? And I can bless it from here. You like standing with me? I'd appreciate it if you did. Hallelujah. Father, you are holy, and your Son Jesus Christ is blessed. And your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim the release to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. Jesus healed the sick, Jesus fed the hungry, Jesus ate with sinners. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he promised to be with us always. Therefore he sent the power of his spirit into our hearts. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took a piece of bread and he gave thanks. You know what this is? He gave thanks for creation gave thanks for his body he gave thanks for you he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said take eat all of you for this is my body that is given for you he lifted up the cup and he said thank you and he gave it to his disciples and he said drink from this all of you for as often as you do it you do it in remembrance of me So the mystery of our faith is that christ has died christ is risen and christ will come again hallelujah so father pour out your spirit upon all who are gathered here all who are there upon this meal make it be for us the body and the blood make us be the body of christ to the world make us one with christ make us one with each other Make us one that we might reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so pray with me, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen the body of christ the bread of heaven the blood of christ the cup of salvation may you feast with faith in your heart and receive afresh all that he has for you in jesus